As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Is this music? I love, I can't get enough of that sweet music. Hey, how about we get some music on here, huh? There is music on? That's great. I love music. This is good. Is this animals? Instruments? That's great. If I ever have a kid, I'm going to let him listen to music because music is seems pretty fine to do, to listen to. How about we turn on some music? I've turned off the music. I love this song. Put it where? I love this song. It's not playing. I love this song. This is my favorite part. The song's over. I know. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. On the Athletic Network, it's Monday, February 28th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, he likes music, Stas Mellis. <laughs> Good day, everybody. <laughs> we got our Top Shot Hot Boy. Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lily, and finally making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on a Monday, right here on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Really appreciate that. I saw at one point this morning we were at 50,666 subs. Mm. Mm, the mark mm. of the beast. <laughs> so uh, let's get one more so it doesn't stay on that. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Send them in all week long. I'm sure we'll hit the beach. I keep saying that, but I know we will hit the beach at some point this week. Ooh. Yeah, we will. We will. Oh, you're proclaiming that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, hope we, I hope we don't. What? It's getting nice out. I don't know why you're not wearing shorts. Yeah, this is crazy, man. What's going they were on calling you? you Lee Legs Ellis in the stream team yeah. earlier, and you come in here yeah. wearing a pair of Look jeans. Look how sunny yeah, it is outside. It was, it was a little chilly this morning when I was up for uh, oh, no. a morning uh, drop-off at school, so I had to put the pants on. No, no. You know, no. I had the boys in shorts, okay. but the old dad was in pants. <laughs> weird, weird. Uh, no, we will be hitting the beach. I hope so. Yeah. So, I changed my mind. Okay, good. <laughs> so get your questions in to nodunksattheathletic.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Dunks Inc. That's I N C. It's Monday, so we got winners and losers of the NBA weekend. I feel like we have so much here mm. to talk about. We, of course, we'll get into the Harden debut, and, and I can't wait to break that down. But before all that, we had a wedgie in Portland last night. So you know what that means? We had the wedgie whisperer Lamar Heard on the call. It's good to hear. 
Well, whenever that time but is. But not this year. Oh, all right. You're keeping wait. track of these. We got to wait. Well, I got to go to WedgieTracker.com because <laughs> I haven't visited it in a while. It's been a while since the Blazers have had one, so I haven't had to spend a lot of time up there. Now, our No Dunks friends, I mean, they'll update you and stuff, but I just haven't checked in recently. So that's, that's a solid one, too. That's Get there. No messing around. <laughs> It is a solid one, Lamar, Uh, and it's been a while since we've had one. Uh, We do not have a lot of wedgies in 2022, but we're up to 27. We're showing you Mm. wedgietracker.com. I love the shout-out for the website. Yeah. Uh, And no dunk. So thank you, Lamar, as always. And they keep happening in there in Portland. Can't figure it out with the Wilsons. We got off to such a hot start, and I thought maybe it's the new ball. Yeah. It's just like now, I mean, wedgies... Few and far between. Ah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, we'll get a bunch this week. Mm. You know, we said it showed there what on pace for just forty. I wow. thought we just passed the All Star break. Shouldn't we be halfway? Shouldn't it be uh, like fifty four? No, no, That's no, not no, how no, the All Star no, break works. Home stretch here. It's not uh, the second half. Only thirteen projected the rest of the season. Oh, that's bad. Wow, that's terrible. But we got you, Calabro. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. <laughs> Let's get into our winners of the NBA weekend. And Tass, I sort of teed you up there, but uh, you're taking James Harden here in the 76ers. Looking pretty good here, this pairing. Yeah. Joel Embiid said they're unstoppable after two <laughs> wins. They beat the Timberwolves. They beat the New York Knicks, a 30-point win against the Wolves, and a 16-point win against the Knicks. Obviously, they looked really, really good together. The chemistry looks like it's solid. Obviously, the points are coming from James Harden. Uh, obviously, uh, the the boards, because he's going to get your triple-double-ish numbers. Mm-hmm. But it's the assists, I think, that really, really stand out. Huge numbers, especially against the Knicks yesterday. Uh, he's averaging 14 assists through two games. I think he's the best entry passer that the Sixers have, period. Uh, and Joel Embiid was saying, I, I really haven't got passes like this ever in my career. And there <laughs> were some that he was surprised to get. Like, on the break, hit him in the hands, he bobbled it because he just didn't see they were coming. I think... With all the talk about James Harden and, you know, what he does, that he dribbles a lot and that he shoots a lot, we forget how incredible a passer he is. He literally sees the floor very, 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 very well. And Embiid, you know, uh, weeks after saying Ish Smith is the best point guard he's ever played with, maybe that's a dig at Ben Simmons, uh, James Harden, obviously now the best point guard he's ever played with, an incredible passer. The Mm -hmm. chemistry, it is, it's going to... Uh, I guess, be expedited, that that chemistry, because Harden has the ball in his hands all the time. And when he plays, he plays a lot. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's why Joel Embiid said this week, and I've really never been wide open like this in my life. Seriously, I mean, the passes. And, you know, he's talking about all the attention that Harden gets when he's dribbling the ball. The hamstring looks obviously really great. He's lulling guys to sleep. So Embiid, 37 and 34 this weekend. Then he hit IG and he said, I can't believe this is my life. Uh, you know, with a picture of him on the floor. He's he's pumped. I think Tyrese Maxey uh, also very pumped uh, to be the other member of the big three. That's who he is right now. He's the, Der- he's the Derek Fisher of the Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, how do we feel about Maxey, who's played really well here with Harden on the team, being included in a big three? I think it's a little premature. points in the first two games. I guess, I guess. Yeah, so what, not to Tobias bias. Harris, is he what, yeah. Rick Fox? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the Rick Fox of that's, the Shaq and Kobe? But, but that's the, a good one. The, the thing <laughs> is, though, with Maxey, like, that was yeah. like, how is this guy going to adapt with James Harden there? And James Harden's finding him, and he's shooting. Yeah. And it's been great for him through two games. Yeah. This yeah. is awesome. Listen, Harden wanted to be in Philadelphia because he wanted to have the ball more. He said after uh, leaving Brooklyn... Philadelphia is my choice because it's the best Harden I can be. And to me, that means I can dribble every possession. And Tyrese Maxey is a young player, and he's waiting. Hands up, ready to just shoot those open lanes as soon as he gets the ball. And because Harden does lull defenses to sleep, everybody's watching Harden. 
Maxi has those lanes. He's being he's using that athleticism uh, to his advantage. Twenty eight and twenty one. He's ready to receive those passes. And yeah, he is the third member because uh, Tobias Harris and the rest of the guys. Uh, you know, George Niang, Danny Green, Matisse Thybul. I, I question whether or not they can make shots throughout the entire playoffs. Whether or not this is a championship team. They barely did enough this weekend because those other three guys were just. Uh, Harden, Embiid, and uh, and Maxi specifically were so good mm-hmm. uh, that they didn't really need much contributions for those guys. But I, I worry about their depth. Depth. Seth Curry gone, and uh, yeah, those guys didn't have to do a lot really. Uh, but yeah, when Harden's averaging twenty eight points, nine boards, even those hands working with some steals there against the Knicks, he had five steals. The feet not necessarily moving on defense, uh, but the body there. I love when he gets mad when somebody tries to help him. In the post on defense. He's like, don't. Like, Get the hell out of here. What are you doing? You're leaving other guys open. Because he is seriously strong. Five steals. And then uh, at, at the other end, the free throws. Everyone was worried. <laughs> These dudes are just going <laughs> to shoot free throws after free. And yep. they did. Uh, they're, 100% did. Yeah. So combined, they're averaging 29 and a half free throws through two games. So it's like 15 for each of them. Uh, but it was Sunday and beat had 27 free throws. And uh, it was kind of tough to watch. Uh, <laughs> it was a long game. It was long, uh, but Embiid loves it. Harden loves it. And 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 they show after the game uh, that they do love each other. I think one thing that was underestimated, this is a comedic duo. Mm-hmm. The, the, when they hit the press conference, uh, I, I think it's different because Harden is sort of off the ball. Embiid's the jokey one. And uh, Harden just looks at him while <laughs> while he, we're showing you a clip on YouTube of Who uh, drinks water though. Yeah, and be chugging a bottle <laughs> of water. It. That's good. Yeah. Literally good. crushing it. Yeah. Good. good water. Yeah, so, <laughs> really good water. So they reverse roles, you know, because usually you see Harden doing the either the talking or the dribbling. Now Embiid's the jokester, and Harden can play the off guy mm, during press conferences. Man. Yeah, so I, I think that'll we're we're, getting, we're in for some good comedic moments like we did there, watching a man chug a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, he crushed that. I know you uh, proposed to your wife, Roxy, in a weird way. Yes. If I remember correctly, uh, you were on the other side of the globe. Yeah. And you were in a Different phone continent. Booth. Phone but booth. did you have, a, when you actually did get married, did you have the honeymoon? Yes. Did you go anywhere? Yes, we did. We went to Lima, uh, but I couldn't leave the country for the first 12 months because uh, being married to a Canadian, you have to stay to prove that it's a legit oh, marriage, right, you got right. marriage, you got to stay in the country. You didn't first. just do it for your paperwork. No, no, no. So we, it was delayed by a year, but we got there. But yeah. the honeymoon, beautiful, amazing, amazing. First couple of days, I'm sure of the honeymoon were probably the best. Yeah, awesome, That's great what... food. <laughs> Met some uh, in laws. I hope. Yeah, pretty good. Good. Not bad. There you go. Well, well this is Harden and Embiid. Is yeah. what I'm getting at here. I don't know if Roxy's and Embiid or Harden, <laughs> but uh, this is I like the hard. perfect yeah. start. <laughs> perfect start to uh, to the honeymoon here Absolutely. of the Sixers, and it yeah helped out a little bit, especially playing the Knicks, who was yeah. like Embiid and it was a close game. Yeah. yeah, and then it ended up being a sixty well, point. Yeah. Same with Friday night. It was a close-ish game. Yeah. It ended up being a thirty-point game, and and the Knicks led yesterday's game in the last quarter, in the fourth quarter. They really came back because they're looking bad. But then yes, the Sixers got away with it, and and the, the honeymoon is an interesting thing because we've seen it before in yeah. Brooklyn where he had a great start even in Houston when he came back remember if he missed those first few games he was good then so Harden's doing all the right things right now attitude's great body language is great you know he's saying all the right things yeah. he's passing to his teammates they're winning games now the question is okay can you do that every single night now right. for the for the rest of this season and can you do it in the playoffs yeah, and can, can you do it next season yeah. <laughs> right yeah but yeah. for now I mean if you're the Sixers you're like you you're like you mentioned Seth Curry like we can live without him if we get this out oh, of Curry's max this is you why know. people myself included were saying Maury and the Sixers have to trade right now yeah 
at before the deadline for a star player, if you can, of course, in a Harden when that deal became a possibility, to pair with Embiid because they are they are title contenders. They, I mean, there are five or six teams in the Eastern Conference that you could talk yourself into winning the East, but they're one of them, and they're more than they were prior to acquiring James Harden. If this was the Harden you were going to get, and they probably felt good about it because Maury's like, he loves me, he'll play hard, <laughs> exactly. don't worry. Then exactly. uh, what happened to his hand injury? What happened to his like hamstring injury? It's all gone. <laughs> so, and this is why you How do How did he lose deal? 20 pounds in a week? Uh, <laughs> what does he do? Does he ask for a bigger jersey and wear it more untucked when he's ready to leave a place? And then he goes to the next one, size me down, I'm going to tuck it in tighter so I look slimmer. Because it's the same thing every time. I used to think trading for John Salmons was the best move you could make because suddenly he would be a 25-point-per-game scorer afterwards. But James Harden is the best player you can possibly trade for because he instantly becomes a top-five player like that. So I kind of thought next year was going to be the 76ers' best chance to win a title. It might be this year because if they're on the honeymoon period right now, people come in and like, oh, can you believe James Harden's passing? I can. He averaged 10.9 yeah. assists per game last year for the Brooklyn Nets. He was second in the league in assists. The guy's one of the best passers in the league. He just gave up for a month. Yeah. So now he comes back in. He's been basically resting for a month. He looks like the fastest guy. Guess what? The movement's not going to keep happening when he st- stays in Philadelphia. He's not going to be running to the corner for threes. Look how many three-pointers from the corner James Harden ever takes. It never happens. He's not going to be running fast breaks. But he will for this year to look good, to get his rep back up. So go for it. It worked perfectly. It unleashed some stuff for Tyrese Maxey. He's a good player with the ball, but he's an even better player if he doesn't have to have the ball Mm. all the time and he can just run and be athletic out there. So obviously things look great for Philadelphia. How long will it last? We shall see. We shall see what happens uh, in the playoffs when Embiid is not going to the line 27 times. But a perfect start for the 76ers and honestly just hilarious. Yeah, and to bring it back to like the Embiid quote of him saying like, this is the best basically guy I've ever played with in terms of getting me the ball and the passes. I was trying to like rack my brain and remember... Because in this one game against the Knicks, there was like, uh, I guess it was off probably a high pick and roll there, or there was other action on the side, but Harden threw a lob to Embiid. Can you recall mm. many times where Embiid has thrown down like an alley-oop off of like, again, sort of a high pick and roll action and he's rolling and there's other... A- I I couldn't. I was yeah. like, I know it's happened. Did he happened. dunk it though? That what he did. Did it? I, I, I know thought, there was other lobs where yeah. Harden threw it up to Embiid and Embiid would like have to go up and bring it uh, down. And then I thought there was the one where he did yeah, finish he probably it on, did, the, on the but, loop, but it was like, that doesn't happen all that often. Uh, you know, he's like, well, that's that's Harden Capella rocket stays there. And it's like, oh, you sort of forget that, of course, Joel Embiid is <laughs> wow. super athletic. Yeah, but he's not a lob guy. No, no, no that, I don't no. think that that's going to be a big part of their game in the in the future. I think it's going to be more the pocket passes, which you saw from Harden as yeah. well. And uh, one thing that I do think that was interesting, not a ton of post-ups for Joel Embiid. That's been a question uh, of how Harden is going to fit in there. Everybody brings up Dwight Howard, but I'm sorry, Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid post-ups are way Slightly different, different. Yeah. at <laughs> yeah. this point. Uh, but honestly, if they can get by with not having to post-up uh, Embiid for the rest of the regular season, that yeah. saves his body for the, the postseason when they're going to need him to post-up, when they're going to need him to to just draw fouls and go to the line. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just going to let Harden cook here for mm-hmm. a little bit because that's what Doc was trying to do, running him out there with an all-bench unit. Yep. Did not look great, but when you have Harden, you can at least try him. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of scrubs out there. Yeah, and Doc is known for really being able to get the most out of supporting players throughout his career. Those <laughs> those guys that are, I know people. He, will, he's great at getting Tobias Harris almost to the All Star game. Yeah, that's he's fine. Great at almost. Getting well, him. now he's the number four guy. I mean, hit some shots. If, if he's Tobias, still the number three guy, I think. Nah. 
You I really think, think it's so. an accident? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, because they need because because of the way Harden plays, because the ball is in his hands all the time. Yeah, Tobias Harris needs the ball in his hands, I think, to be Tobias Harris. But Maxi can use his athleticism and just be yeah, a direct line guy. I think it's different, and that's why Embiid is playing differently through two games, obviously. But being mm. a role guy, we just don't see that, and that's how you get the most out of James Harden. That's what he did with Clint Capella. That's what he did with the net centers for a bit. Yeah, I think it is strange watching Embiid. Yeah, it was more of a role guy. It is very different. Embiid loves it, I think, because he doesn't have to bang as much. It's totally true. But, yeah, I think, I think the recipe is there for them to be good. But is, is Harden going to be able to be a 40-minute guy? I think that hamstring, as good as it looks now, as good as an NBA trade can help a guy's health uh, <laughs> like it did this week, Will it be great in the playoffs? Will 40 minutes of Harden dribble, dribble, dribble be great? I mean, maybe Embiid plays a lot more in the post and those other guys have to produce. Uh, Tobias Harris, yeah, I think he's the fourth guy. Well, they play the Knicks <laughs> again. That's their next game. Not till Wednesday. So uh, Harden can rest w. that hamstring. Uh, yeah, probably a W. And then I'm just uh, bringing up the schedule here because, again, they played the Wolves, who Embiid always owns Cat, and then they played the Knicks here twice. Play the Cavaliers. They got some bigs. Interested to see how that goes. And then they play the Miami Heat mm. with the way Bam has been playing will be that's very interesting and the way that team's playing. Yeah, in Miami, uh, that's on Saturday. So they don't have a lot of games this week. But, mm. of course, you know, we're, we're, we're loving it. The honeymoon is off to a great start, as we said. <laughs> but, you know, it is, again, still here, the Wolves and the Knicks. So predictable, though, too, isn't it? You it know, is. Like, and, and Harden, even, yes. He even said after the game when Cassidy uh, interviewed him, he said, oh, I took the last few weeks off uh, to get my body right and to, uh, you know, to get my mind right. You know, I just wanted to you know, be ready to go. But listen, this is the thing. If James Harden is able to consistently keep that switch flipped, the Sixers, honestly, this was a, a no-brainer to make this deal. Right. You know, they know what they're getting now. Uh, Trey, let's go to you next. Winner of the weekend. Yeah, the Nets had lost 13 of 15 heading into the weekend, so any win is a big win for them, but they rolled up a huge W on Saturday night, beating a pretty intact Bucks team in Milwaukee, and it was mostly thanks to Kyrie Irving. His first game post-All-Star, his first game in two weeks, had to be pretty fresh out there. A season-high 38 points for Kyrie on 54% shooting. Added five rebounds, five assists, and a couple of steals. He was dominant. I said it before, if you play once every two weeks, honestly, you have to dominate when you go out. Like, it's embarrassing if you don't. Right. <laughs> Kyrie is still awesome, though. And, you know, seeing him out there playing, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why the Nets are still... Still somehow the Eastern Conference favorites, Vegas-wise. I thought it was also interesting, Goran Dragic's debut for Brooklyn. The line wasn't crazy. Six points, two of five shooting, two assists. He only played 14 minutes, but he's a playmaker. And he mm -hmm. plays downhill, which I think is way different, which allows Kyrie to be off the ball. Eventually, it allow Kevin Durant to be off the ball. Seth Curry, not a great playmaker. Patty Mills, not a great playmaker. And they both kind of go... East to West, more so than North-South, which Dragic brings, I think. He also plays in transition, which I think is going to help the Nets get some easy points. Uh, Andre Drummond was good. Seth Curry was good. James Johnson was really good competing with Giannis. He made some uh, nice plays down the stretch, as did Drummond. They also got the news that KD is going to be returning soon, it mm. feels like. Maybe not these next couple of games, but he feels like he's on track for a return. He was joking with Bucks fans on the sideline. They told him, why don't you get a shoe that's one inch short? He had a laugh about that. <laughs> you can tell everybody's feeling pretty good in Brooklyn. It feels like Kyrie's going to be playing home games come playoff time. Obviously, the vaccine stuff in or in New York is kind of hard to figure out. Apparently, mm. Kyrie can now come and watch games, which I think is good. <laughs> That'll be nice for him to get to, <laughs> to spectate these games. But who knows what will happen in a couple of months from now. But a positive weekend for uh, the Nets, for sure. Oh, man. The Kyrie highlights in this game against the Bucks are... 
That guy, you could put him in a straight jacket and Shit. he would still give you a 25. It's, he just operates in no space. Like, or when there's like three, yeah. four, five guys, his own, other, the opposition, he just doesn't need any space to like maneuver it and obviously uh, still score. That yeah. was his best game, of course, here uh, in a long, long time. It was the most where you were like, oh yeah, Kyrie. That's when you watch the game and you go, oh, you hear other players say, how the hell is Kyrie Irving not one of the 75 greatest yeah. players of all time? You hear that. Like, you know, there's multiple like, Current NBA players, former NBA players that are like, he should have been on that list. You know, he obviously didn't make it, but you're reminded of it when you see games like that. Like. He's a two-handed player. He yeah, really is. Yeah. You know, like either hand, dribbling, shooting, going inside. He can do it. He spins, he twists. He's very, very hard to keep down. And uh, this was a legit win because in Milwaukee, of course, the Bucks were at full strength. You know, they weren't yeah. missing any of their major talent there. And they had to come back as well. It looked like early on it was going to turn into one of those routes almost. But uh, big third quarter there. And then Kyrie closing it out. So, yeah, very impressive stuff. So, both of these uh, organizations, Tass, just pumped that they made this deal <laughs> here. Philly, Brooklyn, let's go. Well, Ben Simmons ain't playing yet. Yeah. Uh, I no, mean, that's, true. that's a big part. And we'll, and we'll get to his schedule, his plan here for the next couple of weeks a little later in the show. But, yes, everybody jacked. I, I think a huge question with this Nets team, everybody at the top of this roster, Durant, Simmons, Kyrie, Yes, right. but also just the the bench and the supporting cast. And Kevin Durant ran to the tunnel after this win, not playing. He's in his street clothes yelling, that's a Brooklyn Nets win right there, because it felt like they are coming together for sure. And the Dragic, I mean, if he can be, you know, like 80% of bubble Dragic, Dragic was really good right. in the bubble. He's a very talented player. He won't uh, call Steve Nash his coach because that's too weird for them. And <laughs> Nash finds it weird. Dragic finds it weird. But that he had that drive. He had that uh Eurostep scoop shot at the rim and you, the camera panned to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons said, damn. Uh, you know, and that's and that's uh, a, a Dragic's first game, his first minutes. I was going to say, he ball. should be fresh. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> played in months, but he's, yeah, he's an oldie. And, uh, you know, he pulled the, the Iguodala of a couple of years ago. He's pulling these moves of uh, vets that want to stay fresh, right. like your Jim, Jimmy James Harden. And he is looking fresh. And, yeah, the, the Ben Simmons question, still a huge question. Uh, but if Durant's coming back, Sure looks like Kyrie's going to be at least spectating and then playing in home games soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's going to happen. Yeah, there's questions, but they are being answered. But the the window is closing for this team in terms of playing some games together. Right. Maybe, right. perhaps. Yeah. But but the supporting cast, back to them. Drummond, a huge block towards the end of the game on Giannis. Uh, and he is their best Giannis you know, body in the way of the rim type guy. Yeah. Um, and, they, they, and Seth Curry, and they're, they're just... They're getting a team together, at the very least. Um, I was just going to say, with the mask mandate, I believe that Kyrie and the Nets is under the private sector, mm -hmm. which isn't going to be lifted soon, but the public one may be lifted in the next week or so by the mayor. But then there's Adams. this possibility that they could pay the fines. And yeah, but play. apparently Adam Silver is not going to let He's not going to allow that. that. So yeah, still I don't, I, until that private sector mandate is yeah. lifted, I don't think he'll be playing in Brooklyn. Right. Okay. We'll see. Uh, what about you? Who do you got for a win? Oh, again? man. Saturday night. What a game. Bulls, uh, Grizzlies. Incredible game. I mean, this game had everything. This was a game. This was a real game of basketball. I mean, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the. With Wait, the... that's good, right? So yeah, yeah. This is a game. Bad. Right. This yeah. Is a this game. is a real game of basketball. Uh, that's good. The highest. Comment. I mean, yeah. I'm going to start with just the sexiness because uh, Ja Morant. Hey, I mean, career high, 46 points. But like digging into that 46 points, I mean, he devoured Vucci. He really did devour him. Uh, all, pretty much all night. He had an incredible 360 layup, the smoothest 360 layup. I don't know how compared to the one you guys were in person at. I think this one was sexier. Ooh. 
I think it was just. It was like on a back cut. Yeah, like, that was the crazy. Part. I think this one was sexier. The crazy part is my buddy Grish, our buddy Grish, yeah. your buddy Grish. Saw both of these John Morant 360 yeah. <laughs> layups in person. Oh, oh, really? He saw the one in Memphis wow. when we did the road trip. Wow. And then he was in wow. Chicago yeah. on Saturday night for this game and well, saw it. And you saw crazy. it. DeMar Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> That's your buddy Grish. He's a crazy guy. Yeah, crazy. Uh, no, it was crazy seeing that WhatsApp message come through. I saw both 360 layups <laughs> live well. this year. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I like the ha ha. Uh, anyway, there was that. Then he had the, the Chris Paul sort of... Um, Hezzy dribble on the fast break, which yep. just broke down the defense. He had an oop in transition, which he was building up to from the backcourt sort of steal there. He had a Steve Nash with that one-handed, left-handed Love layup it. there. And he closed out the game when the Bulls made a huge shot. It looked like we were getting to Mar DeRozan, Chicago Bulls fourth quarter run here. Yep. DeRozan hit a couple. He hit a three. In fact, he got to the free throw line. It looked like it was all set up. Now, he did hit 31 points, but took him 29 shots. It was actually a... A bad offensive shooting performance, but I think a credit to that, uh, the the Grizzlies' defense, I thought was pretty good, as good as it can be. He he didn't have many of those uncontested looks that he gets. Mm-hmm. There was a guy at him pretty much every time, um, and he was also due to have a bad game. I mean, he's just due. He was in that Will Chamberlain numbers there. But the Grizzlies doing all the things they've been doing this season, pounding the boards, really giving themselves a oh, lot of second chance opportunities. That's where the Bulls got destroyed in the, the fourth end. quarter, yeah. especially when it got close. There, uh, Stephen Adams and Jaron Jackson, they're really contesting the ball. The points in the paint. They had 62, I believe it was, and that fourth quarter, uh, just incredible. And I dug into the numbers a little bit to get super geeky here okay. because uh, Stephen Adams was setting some incredible... Oh, don't do it. Uh, hit me don't some, do it. Don't. He, was, he was a dominant screen oh, setter God. How many Saturday screen night? assists do you think he had? <laughs> uh, let me see here. John Morant scored 15 baskets, so give me 10 screen assists. 11 he had. Wow! 11. Yeah, what a game. That led to 25 <laughs> points. Now, I mean, and that was the thing. He was coming out, and Vucci... Look, Vucci was trying. He's just too slow. And, and again, John Ramp, most people are. He was just like, I'm coming straight at you. Yeah. He might stop. He might hesitate. He might do whatever. They sent Zach Levine over to sort of come and help out. And John Ramp's like, a fine, I'll pass it. And Desmond Bain hits a big three. They just out outclassed the Bulls in the end. I mean, it was a really, really impressive performance here on what was a great night. And uh, and I thought some really good defense. Even Kyle Anson on the last play there with DeMar DeRozan. Mm. DeMar wasn't happy. I don't think he had a case. I don't yeah, think so. I think, I think he got, got him. I think like, he got ball. Yep, ball. And uh, DeRozan got thrown out. Yeah. The game was, you know, over at that point anyway. But this, this, is, this is what you need on a Saturday night game. Awesome, <laughs> awesome highlights. Real, real contest. The home team coming back, and you feel like they're going to overrun yeah. them here. And then the Grizzlies held firm, and I was just and so my impressed. buddy Grish in Oh, and my buddy Grish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish I'd known that. I would have put that in my notes, maybe at the top. <laughs> yeah. Got a photo and John, John, shout out to John. Oh wow, John. what a great us. night. Yeah, but uh, you know. Great game. Great game. <laughs> Great game. Really fun stuff. Great game I, I, I mean, usually when we put our winners in, you sort of look for a bigger story. And I thought, this was just an awesome display. But of here, here's the real test. Let's ask the Bulls fan. They ultimately lose this game. Was this still an entertaining, enjoyable Saturday night game of basketball? Or did it still suck because your team lost? Hey, I'm a sicko, man. I can appreciate the Bulls losing to a quality team like the Memphis Grizzlies. I had Keith Parrish from the Daily Ding and Fast Break Breakfast trying to dunk on me. Oh, (laughs) how can the Grizzlies possibly go into Chicago, the first place team in the Eastern Conference, and be a favorite? Well, the Grizzlies have a better record than the Bulls. (laughs) And they're healthier than the Bulls. And they beat the Bulls earlier. And they're a terrible matchup because Steven Adams, honestly, like, He can dominate the game. He scored 12 points, which is a nice scoring night for Steven Adams. But the bigger number was 21 rebounds. JD, I didn't make a big beef. Even though people were asking for it. What can I say? I I, I was busy. Once my kids went to school, I got so much busier. 
I thought I was going to have way more time. <laughs> oh, the mornings. The, God, yeah, yeah. I got way more stuff to do in the mornings. Nonetheless, the screens were huge and the offensive rebounds were huge because Io's the only bull who's healthy right now who has any chance of sticking with John Morant. But Steven Adams is such a green, great screen setter that he even knocks like Io yeah. off, uh-huh. off the path, right? So now you're talking about John Morant getting downhill against Vooch and that's just not going to happen uh, for Vooch. One thing I didn't like from Grish's messages, though, <laughs> he said he saw John Morant's career high. Regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, right. Ooh, nice. Which, I mean, fair enough. We do have to differentiate those. But I saw John Morant score 47 points less than a year ago. Yeah. That's, that's his career high. Huh? That's his career Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree Play with you. That's weird. I agree with you. That's very weird. No, but interesting on the defense there with Dasumu, who did a really good job on Trey Young last week. Mm-hmm. So it figures like, okay, throw him on there. They tried Javante Green. It's going to be different to see how Caruso and Lonzo Ball would defend. I oh, think those yeah. guys obviously better. Speaking of Caruso, he had a pretty good game on the sideline there too. We made some notes. He was looking like Dr. Evil yeah. on, on the side. He was did a massive flex <laughs> yeah. at one point yeah. where he was going crazy. And then he did the three sort of like slap himself on the head. Mm. I haven't seen that celebration so, uh, before. So a variation of Mellow's Yeah, thing, but I, I wonder is like, hmm. But almost a combo of when guys do the, uh, <laughs> yeah, guy gets dunked exactly, on in the head. Exactly. What, are you Can worried you dunk about his brain cells? Yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't quite sure what he was going for there. But hey, he had a pretty solid night in the sort of tie-dye uh, sweater he had yeah, on. He's looking like Tassel yeah, a little bit, exactly. really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say a screen assist should only be given to a guy if the ball handler points to him after scoring. <laughs> oh. So so Ja Ja uses his screen scores. Hey man. Great screen. Uh, I, that's when you get a screen I got assist. that at our pickup run two weeks ago. I set a nice screen. Guy came around in jumper and he was, he was like, hey, great screen. To, and I'm almost never setting screens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, like, man. Good screen. Yeah, thank you. I got ran over because I can't really set a screen, but I got in the way. No problem. We're going to knock down <laughs> that jumper, man. Uh, also, got to respect John Morant. Took to Twitter afterwards and said, I learned that hezzy dribble at midcourt from CP3, and he mm. tagged his ass. Mm. Love that. I love the young players respecting oh, the elders. Is that why a bunch of like young Chris Paul highlights started making the rounds on Twitter? And there was know. a bunch of like, you oh, don't remember forget. how, yeah, people, people forget oh, how yeah. uh, dangerous young Chris Paul is. Oh, Maybe that was why. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there was a bunch of like awesome old Chris Paul highlights. That's why Chris Paul's like, he's got a light trending. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I hate when people forget about Chris Paul. Like, who I mean, forgets about it? He's still playing. He's playing some of the best ball of his career. Oh, no, he, he was a runner-up. Yeah. Problem he I was. He was runner-up MVP in 2008. I mean, <laughs> come on, we're old. You didn't man. forget. Yeah. No, I know. I just uh, people, uh, people say, oh, people forget this guy was a problem. <laughs> I saw it the same with Derek Rose. It was a big thing going around for yeah. him. I don't know if it was his birthday or something. People forget. Yeah, because you're old. Yeah, you but know, people, you, that's people like a say, decade ago. Yeah. People say they forget Derek Rose was back. He was MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he saw a lot of. I think he saw a lot of Derek Rose highlights this weekend because they were oh, playing in yes. Chicago. Yeah. Year three for Ja, year three for Rose, <laughs> winning the MVP. Maybe we should change it though. People remember. People remember <laughs> yeah. Derek Rose. Then you see like his best highlights. You're like, oh, I do remember, yeah, I remember that. 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 was awesome. Yeah. Okay, let's try that. Uh, I got a few winners here. Uh, the Utah Jazz deserve some respect here on this show. They played two of the top six teams in the Western Conference uh, this weekend. They won both of them against the Mavericks on Friday. Donovan Mitchell hit a career-high seven three-pointers. Um, I don't know. I'd have to check the playoff stats with that. Maybe he has more in a playoff game. <laughs> well, but he probably did in the bubble. He, he may have, yeah. Big ones, yeah. But anyway, he scored 33 points. He was uh, pretty instrumental in that win against the Mavericks. So it was a close game. Dallas put up one hell of a fight, but they got it done. And then on Sunday, it was the second game of the ABC doubleheader. Um, and, it, and they beat Phoenix. And I know we'll get to the Suns playing without Chris Paul a little bit later, but... 
just a really good quality jazz win. And I mean that by like Mitchell doing his thing, Gobert obviously contributing in his ways, and then a bunch of other guys helping out. And in this one, it was Jordan Clarkson off the bench, 22 points, 10 to 17 shooting, key part there of that jazz second unit. So good wins against two of the top six teams, like I said, in the West. And House Jr., I thought did a really admirable job on trying to slow Devin Booker. Like he was picking him up full court. You know, he's slipping screens. He's making him give up the ball multiple times, even if Booker would get it back at times. Booker still finished with 30. Mm. But it took 24 shots to get there, and it was still efficient. I mean, 50%, 12-24. But House Jr., like, in addition to Royce O'Neal, at least if you have another, because we talked about they need a wing guy in these playoff series to help try and slow the opposition. So if he's going to give you that, that effort at the very least, uh, good stuff from him. Snyder also just, like, was like, oh, Whiteside's giving us some stuff in this game. Let's go with him a little bit more. I thought he just coached a great game here. Um, and the Jazz, if they hadn't lost that game to the Lakers right before the All-Star break, that would be a nine-game win streak. Mm. But, you know, they, they lost that one. But eight of their last nine, these are big wins. They're still jockeying for position here uh, in the Western Conference. So a little love to Utah. I don't have any notes on that. Uh, Hassan Whiteside had an incredible sort of transition steal and then threw it down for a massive dunk. It was uh, he, He's had an incredibly resurgent season. Mm-hmm. Been very, very good for the Jazz coming off the bench uh, and just playing good minutes, rebounding the ball, showing the effort. Because that's been the biggest problem with him throughout his career is just like half-hearted effort a lot of the time. I've also got the Pelicans as a winner of the weekend. It's looking very likely they're going to be in the plan here. Uh, you'll be shocked if they don't get in at this point. They killed the Lakers 123-95 to last Mm. night. McCollum is averaging 28 points per game in in his seven games here with New Orleans. He had, had like, a little stretch there in the third quarter when the Pelicans blew the doors off this game that, you know, they just took over. They went on a 26-7 run. McCollum was chipping in, like, nine or ten of those. They're six and four in their last ten. You know, they're, they're... They've improved, if you want to call that, to 25 and 36, I believe, here. Um without Zion Williamson. So they're going to be they're going to be in the play in here. The real question will be will the Lakers? Oh. <laughs> uh it's gotten that bad with them and they're getting booed uh in their own barn so. <laughs> they were Rough. just throwing like 60 foot passes oh, to it was crazy. multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Like LeBron had one where he just whipped it down the sideline. He had another one where he whipped it baseline to nobody. And then, of course, DeAndre Jordan threw it like 18 rows into the crowd. But he, what uh, are you doing, Lakers? My bad. My, my bad. bad. No, yeah, yeah. My I, bad. I threw that one 40 feet too far. My bad. You don't, I, you don't hear Lakers fans booing the Lakers all that often. That does not happen often. I know it happens in Philly. And, you know, the Celtics get on their team and stuff like that. Lakers fans? Booing the Lakers? That... Few and far between uh, that I can remember, Tess. They just don't care enough to boo. Maybe. I, I <laughs> mean, they were, they were rightfully booing this team yesterday. To get blown out like that, they lose two games this weekend to teams that they could face in the play-in tournament with the Clippers on Friday, which was a winnable game for them. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, watch that one. And then the Pels, uh, yeah, that was, they got blasted. I was going to try and refrain from talking about them too much uh, because, yeah, it's just hard to watch this team. Uh, this last quarter of the season – I still don't think they fall out of the playing tournament picture, um, and and I hope the Lakers, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, uh, just because of what's going down outside the playing tournament with the Blazers, you know, losing a bunch of their guys and Lillard out and, and your Nurkic out, and then the Spurs, Kings, it doesn't seem like they're going to fall out of the playing picture, and then they get Anthony Davis back, and and that's why I, I'm I'm hoping uh, for the Grizzlies to jump up to the two seed. I know I'm, I'm going off the the board here talking about the Pels, but I, I want the Grizzlies to jump up to the Warriors spot and take that two seed to face a team, you know, like the Lakers or the Pelicans in the first round. 
rather than facing a good team like the Mavs or the Nuggets. <laughs> right, okay. You know, okay. you know, like so you want the Grizzlies nice. to have a chance to win. A yeah, first round I want series, them. To, I want know, them to really have a, yeah, real, I mean, they could uh, they could beat the Mavs or the Nuggets, but yeah. the Nuggets. You know, there's there's reports that Michael Porter Jr. will be back shortly, and then maybe even Jamal Murray back yeah. shortly. So you want a first round matchup with a team that has gone to a conference finals that would stink, uh, rather than a team like the Lakers that could give the Grizzlies trouble because they do get a lot of offensive boards. If the Lakers come back with Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard there, I mean that will be a a, a bit of a, a negating factor, I think, for the Grizzlies. They just throw it up there; they're more athletic than teams. But anyways, uh, I, I think they could. They could blast through the first round if they play a, a, a team like the Lakers. I'm hoping for that. If they I'm play hoping, one I'm of cheering. the play-in teams, basically, yeah. is what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, rather than a, a Mavericks or, or a Nuggets team. I'm cheering. I'm cheering for them to to jump up to the Warriors spot. And it's only a game and a half right now, two in the last mm. column. They could easily do that with the Warriors. Well, the debate Trey and I were having here in the Classic Factory before you guys showed up this morning was, uh, when does LeBron just shut it down in this season? Does he? Does he just <laughs> say, yeah, um, I'm good. We're not doing anything. This team stinks. See you later. See you, see you next year. Uh, but then I, I pushed back to Trey sort of thinking that. I was like, well, he needs all the points he can. He is chasing down some legends there in Carl Malone. And, Isn't he, uh, doesn't he already hold the record or is that still on No, him? no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Not the one that actually counts. Uh, uh, okay. But we'll, we'll see. It just be, will be fascinating to watch. 316 points from tying Carl Malone for second on the all-time list. So that's 10, 10 11 yeah. games. Let's call it 10 to 15 games. Yeah. Then it's nap time. Then it's nap. Oh, you think he'll wait till then? The only yeah. thing there is, if it looks like he's quitting on them, that's just gonna like, like what? What's he gonna do? Like show up to a game drinking a glass of wine? <laughs> no way! That'd be ridiculous, right? That'd be plays in a game drinking a glass of wine. No way he would do that. I think if uh, just the way everything's gone, I just don't think he can say I'm. I'm also out with ten games to go or whatever. I just okay. don't think he will. Maybe. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean they. I don't know. They, they probably. Think you never we, know when the groin is going to start acting. Certainly, up. while they're still in the plane, and again, it's almost almost impossible for them to drop out of the plane completely. Yeah, it's sort of up to the Spurs at yeah, this point because yeah. I think the Tass is right. I think the Blazers are going to be out of here in a, in, a, in a hurry. Yeah, and that's because of injuries, especially the Nurk one and uh, the, the Kings. Kings you can't put it, any but... fucking trust in the Kings. <laughs> throw them. <laughs> they're, 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 they're six don't worry up. about they're them. Who cares? It's the Spurs. It'd be the Spurs likelihood of catching or even if they want to to, to yeah. catch a Lakers team yeah. so you're probably right they probably will be in there by default yeah yeah, and it's funny when you look at the standings like well maybe this team can jump in the playing tournament all those teams are 10 games below 500 <laughs> right. that means they have to win a lot of games <laughs> then they didn't, haven't done that all season yeah. long like, I they, almost they were... caught myself when I said the Pelicans record I was right when I said 25 and 36 <laughs> I was like oh and they're going into the postseason wrong? no they're right but yeah they are a different team with CJ McCollum yeah. Balling out, and apparently Shit. him and Brandon Ingram had a conversation uh, and said, "We got to be more accountable ourselves." <laughs> We've yeah. heard about like every conversation CJ McCollum has and hasn't had <laughs> yeah. since showing up it's in true. New Orleans. Have you talked to Herb Jones yet? <laughs> oh, yes, he has. Yes, I know he's talked to Valanciunas. He's the player's Part union the president. So he's oh yeah, he's league. talked to every yeah, player. Yeah, he's going to check in. Man. <laughs> That's a great point. King of the check-in. Uh, any other winners that we wanted to slip in here before we take a first break? I'll squeeze one in. The Cavs specifically, their starting shooting guard, Isaac Okoro, because he's a shooting guard that doesn't shoot, and he is cool with that. Mm. He went out on uh, Saturday against the Wizards, and Kyle Kuzma, white hot throughout the game. He had 30 points going to the fourth quarter, and he only scored six in the fourth quarter with Isaac Okoro on him because Okoro (laughs) prides himself. I'm playing defense. I don't need to be an offensive player. And uh, the Cavs have to be extremely happy with that. This is a guy in year two, number five pick, uh, that 
you know, at this point of his career could be saying, I was a number five pick. I want more on my plate. Uh, but with Darius Garland and and uh, even Karis LeVert now in the, in the backcourt, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, like all those guys are have their own thing going on. But the culture is so good that Isaac Okoro can take a backseat, and he just fits in well. It's an incredible culture. And then after the game, Coach J.B. Bickerstaff put the junkyard dog chain on Isaac Okoro. <laughs> And he said, I'm, I I love it. He went and put photos up on Instagram of himself in this junkyard dog chain. I didn't chain. know they had this. Yeah, they do, because that's what he does. <laughs> he he, uh, he took cool. so many photos. He cool does a, a huge little roulette of seven different photos oh, of what? him. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he was really proud to wear this. Jam. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, Garland's the ball handler. He's the all-star. Evan Mobley is coming on as this unicorn-type big who can do it all. Jared Allen is doing his thing. Karis LeVert, again, another ball handler. But this guy is what exactly what they need on the wing, being a defensive-type stopper. And, yeah, I just I, it's it just amazes me, every single thing about the Cleveland Cavaliers, how everything's just fitting in perfectly, mm. and a guy's wearing a chain, and it ain't a $100,000 chain. It's yeah, just, you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> They need to beef up the chain. It looks like it's made out of paper clips. <laughs> but he's a junkyard dog, I think that's man. A, maybe that's the point yeah. of it, though. It's like... Uh, no. No, a junkyard dog would have a much thicker chain. Okay, well, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's sort of Hercules-like, cheap. wasn't it? It's the no, style. That, that, the actual chain is too small. It needs that to be a thicker like a, link. Okay. That looks style like one of the right, chains. Just thicker. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. like it, like it on a farm, the gate that you just put it around. Yeah, so it's not yeah, like, yeah you know, right, right. Yeah. Like, but we need the uh, another one bites the dust music underneath that, you know, because that's what the JYD used to come out to in wrestling back when I was in the uh, WWF. You, you were oh. in <laughs> into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He came out to another one, fights. Yeah. Wow. Him and Tito Santana, the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> or just nope. Intercontinental Champion. I don't know. No, the Tag Team Champion. You, you, you should have stopped while you were in, yeah, Intercontinental Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. <laughs> All right. So a little Okoro love there. I've got, both, I've got both those action figures. Oh, uh, yeah? Bring them. Tito. I've got to go JYD because I got to get JYD. I dressed up as him for uh, like a school dress up day once as the JYD. <laughs> but he had the what, white just pants. Yeah, yeah. He had the what white, were you yeah, just, I just you had, had a basic. I, I had like cream, just like jeans, and that was that was all we could do. <laughs> No one knew who I well, was. Well, I'll tell you what you're going to be doing during the break. Uh, texting uh, Dickie and, uh, hey, can yeah. we get a photo of Hey, Dickie, send Lee? me the picture of my cream jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? Uh, the thought, ones when you run your honeymoon? Or, uh, uh, <laughs> all right. We got to take a break. We're going long oh, here. Uh, but when we come back, we'll get to losers of the NBA weekend. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. 
I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. AG baby baby. <laughs> it was all a greens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. We've done winners of the NBA weekend. Let's get to losers. Uh, Lee, what do you got? Well, uh, I'm going to last night's late game, Dallas and Golden State. Uh, Warriors look like they're in control after three quarters, up big. And uh, then all of a sudden, it fell apart. And this was a huge win here, a huge comeback here for the Dallas Mavericks because they did most of the heavy lifting with Luka Doncic on, on the bench, bench in that court, on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Put in some the, saliva in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that fourth quarter there, they came back, they went on a 20... Three to one. I think it's twenty-three to one or twenty-six. My computer just died, which was great. I my note here. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was like twenty-six to one. Yeah. So tw- anyway, yeah. whatever it was, there the uh, the Warriors' <laughs> offense. Now there was no Clay. Uh, he's out. Uh, yeah. Draymond is still out, so they miss him. But they still had Steph, obviously. And Steve Kerr has been criticised a bit this morning because honestly, their offense looked like it really didn't have a whole lot of flow to it or organisation. They were just going down. Andrew Wiggins had a couple of step backs, and uh, Jordan Poole was out there. Damian Lee firing away. And the Mavericks just picked them apart. And it was Spencer Dinwiddie who did a lot of the mm-hmm. good work there. At, at, again, at the first half of that fourth quarter, hitting threes, getting inside, scoring without any resistance. The Warriors have the best defensive efficiency. You wouldn't think so watching this game uh, last night there. And then Doncic came out. I think Jason Kidd kept him on the bench a little longer than normal simply because that second unit was doing such a great job. Then Doncic came out and closed out the game uh, with another impressive 31-point performance. So this was a huge comeback win here for the Mavs on the road against a very good team after losing a close one on Friday night against the Utah Jazz. And uh, when you again look at you evaluate that trade and they got Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans in return for Porzingis, it was more to be like someone just take Porzingis. But you saw that Dinwiddie in the right situation can be very helpful. And I think this is, again, maybe the Mavs thought about this more so, but the fact they've got another guy who can handle the ball and create for himself is what they've been really missing. You know, Brunson's okay at it. He's a different sort of guard than Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. But I thought the fact that Dinwiddie got an opportunity there, especially with Doncic on the bench, to say, I can get us some points. I can keep our offense moving because that's what's uh, been missing a lot. So great stuff by him. And Davis Bertans, we know he fires away. On the call last night, there there was a dead ball, and it rolled to Davis Bertans and he fired away. And Vince Carter on the call said, Davis Bertans still just firing away, just getting the ball up, even when it's a dead ball. So uh, that's what he does. He didn't hit too many in the fourth quarter for them. But uh, overall, pretty impressive stuff from the Mavs. Yeah, but he's in, what, the four games he's played for Dallas, Bertans has hit three three-pointers, then he had one. He had a one-for-seven game, but then five-for-eight in the loss to the Jazz, and then mm-hmm. two-for-six uh, in, in uh, the victory last night. That's 
better than what he was doing for Washington, which yeah. was nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely offers most of the time. So, yeah, he is contributing. Uh, anything to add to the Warriors' meltdown there, though, Tass? I mean, it's weird in the fourth quarter when you are one of the better teams in the league. Yes, you're missing some guys, but to give up a 26-1 to run is... It's embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, the Warriors, uh, 13-point fourth quarter. Uh, that ain't Warrior basketball. They obviously missed Draymond Green. Um, they haven't had him for a couple months. Good news in that he is on the floor practicing for the first time. He was in a 5-on-0, so that doesn't mean he's you know in full contact mode. But he should be back shortly, hopefully, for them because, yeah, they, they desperately miss him. I think if he's on the floor, they do not lose this game. He just keeps their intensity up. And that's why they have the best defense in the league, but it ain't the best defense without Draymond Green. They're just a totally different team. And Steve Kerr says it after every game. Yeah, the stats say we're the best defense in the league, but uh, it ain't anywhere close to the best defense right now. And, yeah, Spencer did what he was the guy who – came out uh, off the bench and was just their number one option in the fourth quarter for a while while Doncic was out. And he schooled things, for sure. And Berton's at least he's running around and being uh, being a threat out there around the arc. You know, he won't step inside that arc. He doesn't need to. But at least you kind of have to keep your eyes on him. He's got a bit of a gravitational pull right now if he's pulling every time he touches the ball. That helps. Uh, but the Warriors, I'm... Yeah, again, I'm, I'm hoping the Grizzlies steal their spot at the two <laughs> spot uh, because the Warriors can... Get dropped a three and win a couple playoff series. They can get to the finals, but uh, yeah, Draymond stay out for a bit. The Grizz got to take that two <laughs> seed. We got to drive to Memphis and watch a team in the playoffs in the first round and maybe the second round. I think that gives the Grizzlies their best chance, and the Grizzlies have the uh, tiebreaker with the Warriors too. Well, Ghostface Ziller has the perfect segue to Trey's uh, losers of the weekend because he wrote TK brutal loss for the Warriors just as the Suns start to falter here for the for the first time in a long time so you know i know they're very far behind but the phoenix suns losing some games here uh uh, in large part due to no chris paul i'm glad to hear that skeets i hadn't got around to the ziller newsletter yet but i was feeling like this was a little bit of a weak loser here the phoenix suns you know they've only got 12 losses on the year two of them came this weekend Hate to do it to you, but you got to take a loser of the weekend when you lose back-to-back <laughs> games here. But like you're saying, kind of no harm done with the yeah. Warriors blowing their lead last night, so they're able to stay uh, quite far ahead in the in the race for the one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. And it still, honestly, should be Phoenix unless this turns out to be a problem having no Chris Paul because it's been a tough start to the season or to this part of the season uh, with no CP3 for. Um, for the Suns, they took care of business on Thursday against OKC, no problem. They lost on the second night of a back-to-back Friday versus the Jet uh, versus uh, the Pelicans on Friday, and then they lost again yesterday against the Jazz. It's only the third time this season they've lost consecutive games, and the second game came on the set the twenty seventh of the month every single time. That's that's just weird. So hopefully they don't have to play a game on the twenty seventh in the playoffs. But uh, two things in both of these losses stick out to me. One of them not worried about at all. One of them a little bit worried. The one I'm not worried about. Late game execution ain't what it is when Chris Paul is on the court. They look like a team that's played one way in the clutch for two straight seasons, and now they're having to figure it out on the fly without CP3 making all the decisions there. You saw that crazy Jay Crowder pass yesterday. That could have been a Lakers pass, how far (laughs) off it was. Uh, Afterwards, he's like, I'll be better. I think you will be. Like, literally just pass it to him. (laughs) Or, you know, Chris Paul could have called a timeout. Devin Booker could have called a timeout. Monty Williams wanted to call a timeout, but things were moving too fast. I think the Suns will figure it out, figure out how to win close games, even without Chris Paul, which will honestly be beneficial long-term. The thing that's more concerning to me, though, is the rebounding. New Orleans and Utah, both solid offensive rebounding teams, and they both smashed the Suns on the boards. New Orleans had 16 offensive rebounds. The Jazz had 14. You compare that to DeAndre Ayton, 
He had 12 rebounds combined in these two losses, five on uh, Friday Night 7 yesterday. Heard this on the Saturday Slam and Jam podcast, one of the greats out there. It's honestly DeAndre Ayton's time to step up with Chris Paul out. This guy wants a max contract. He did score 20 a game in both of these losses. He shot over 70% from the field, but you just need to feel him more. Like, he just needs to dominate the glass, especially against a guy like Valanchunas and Gobert, who are both going to be competitive inside. He needs to really, um, he really doesn't really own the paint. Um, but yeah, the Warriors lost, so not that big of a deal. But there's some things to be worried about for kind of the first time ever with the Suns this season. Yeah, it's been a long time since we can yeah. say that. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything to add to that? Or... I know you're not concerned like Trey. Overall, yeah. they'll have the one seed. Hopefully Chris comes back. and Yeah, hopefully whatever. Chris comes back I think is the is a big one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I just you know, kind of just believe that he'll be back. But who the heck knows, really? I mean, it is really bumping up against the end of the regular season. And so he is, he's just so, so important. And just to yeah, keep things together because that Jay Crowder pass at the end there, that doesn't happen if – Chris Paul and Devin Booker are sharing the backcourt, and they can pass it back and forth to one another. And so instead, it goes to Jay Crowder, and then it goes to the people paying a lot of dollars in the second row because that was a wild, wild pass. So mm-hmm. that's that's my biggest concern. The rebounding concern, sure, uh, I get that, but I don't know. Chris just keeps everything together when he's out there. So I'm I'm still optimistic, and they're six games up on the Warriors. I don't think it's going to be a problem, but you know, sometimes when you have these issues. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good little thing to be dealing with adversity because when you win mm-hmm. and you're and you're still not great on the boards, then you can just say, "Yeah, we're still winning." So this is something that they can, yeah, right the ship here with six weeks left. Any thoughts here on Phoenix? No, just uh, echoing what I said there. This is actually a good test for Phoenix now. How are you going to handle it without Chris Paul there? Because the Pelicans have been playing really well, mm-hmm. and the Jazz, you know, we know they're a better team than perhaps their record shows right now. So that was good competition for them this weekend, and they didn't pass it. So. You have to sort of figure things out because you can't be so heavily reliant on Chris Paul that it's like you're a championship contender with him and without him, anyone could sort of beat us. So uh, we'll see how they handle these next few games here down the stretch. All right, my loser of the weekend. I hate to do it, but I got to. It's the Toronto Raptors. Absolutely. Mm. Raps played two games over the weekend, okay? And these were the two headlines on Sportsnet by our good friend Michael Grange. First one, inexplicably, Raptors look terrible in blowout loss to the Hornets. Followed up with, suddenly and shockingly, the Raptors look absolutely lost. Uh It was bad. The Horns beat them by 32 on Friday, and then the Hawks beat them by 27 on Saturday. Mm. I was ecstatic that I forgot Toronto was in town on on the weekend here in Atlanta. I probably would have gone down to the game and watched it, you know? Had my Raps gear on. Maybe we would have gone together. It slipped my mind. I I didn't realize they were here uh, on the schedule, probably coming right after the All-Star break. But I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad we didn't go, Tass, because we would have got... We got booed out of the building. <laughs> you know, those Hawks fans. They would have been all over us. Me you might have shown up on a, the Hawks Bros account leaving early. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, look, I, at, look at the No Dunks guys walking probably. out in the third yeah. quarter. And I probably would have. Um, look, one of the calling cards of this team is how hard they compete. And it wasn't there uh, in these games. They rolled over pretty early and sort of waved the white flag. Now, no OG. He's pretty instrumental to this team. He, you know, he's not the guy that goes gets you 25 or 30, but he's obviously a great defender. He chips in offensively. He is that just sort of perfect guy that you plug in there and just steadies a rotation. He's gone, and I believe he's getting um, you know word from a specialist regarding his finger. We'll see how serious it is. Uh, I think he's got a fracture there in his ring finger on his shooting hand, so we'll find out. But you had Fred Van Leet. He's a little hobbled here. Um, you know, 
didn't play a whole lot in the All Star game. I eight eight minutes. Yeah, had to shoot in that three point contest. Yeah, but right. he's, he's not right. He's That's, not right, no. and uh, he's questionable and, for Monday's game against he, the Nets, and he probably shouldn't play. But this is bad. These were bad losses, of course, to two teams that the Raptors are like competing with here. When you when you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference standings, I mean, they're a couple games back from the Celtics, who are still cooking here, uh, despite um, I guess losing to Indiana there on Sunday. Yes. If I have that right, so that was a good win from Indiana, but. You know they're they're only a little bit up on the Nets. You got the Hornets and the Hawks, two teams they just lost to right on on their tails. So these were bad, bad. Remember in early February the Raptors were the hottest team in the league, mm-hmm. and suddenly, like Grange is writing here, you know, getting cranked. I mean this should have been like two thirty point losses really. Yeah, and I just wonder if those uh, minutes that Fred has played are becoming a factor yeah. because he looks like he's a bit slower out there, and uh, you know that can potentially be what happens when you play all those heavy minutes early on just get these niggling injuries that that weigh up and you just don't have the same legs so uh interested to see what uh, nick nurse does that i don't think he should play at all either tonight i, I would i would rest no, him. Sit him but he doesn't look the, right the more him. more concern is just how easily especially the hawks i mean trey young had oh. easy 41 points and 11 assists uh without lighting them up from downtown as well mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you get smoked by 20-plus uh, in both games. There's a concern there. This is the the losses marked the first time in 10 years that Toronto had lost consecutive games by 20 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's wild. Again, that's that coming from uh, Michael Grange over Sportsnet. Crazy. So they had to be a, a loser of the weekend, Tass. We yeah. had to do it to them. No. They, yeah. Fred, Fred is definitely the worrisome part. Yeah. Plays a lot of minutes. He is. They're, yeah, they're, they're heart and soul in terms of you know, just bailing them out all the time. And then whenever there was a whistle, he just looked like he couldn't move all that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just looked like he was stiff. And he talked about that week that uh, going into the All-Star game, how physically he, he wasn't feeling right. You know, that's why I tried to pawn him off you when we were doing our three-point contest <laughs> draft. I said, right? you take him yeah. uh, because the knee ain't right. And he said he would feel so much better if he did rest through that week. So he's he's – very important. Yeah, Pascal, you know, has carried the load in terms of being the secondary ball handler. He's been amazing at that. But, now, I mean, they have like a quarter of a Fred out there and no OG on this team that is, you know, fairly top-heavy in that they don't go deep. So that's – it stinks. Let's see some Malachi Flynn out there tonight. I'm <laughs> I'm a Malachi fan even if he isn't uh, – he hasn't he been hasn't, very good. No, he has not been very good. There's some flashes, but uh, yeah, it's it's about to. He they they need to rest him. They yeah, have, they have back to back games here versus the uh, Brooklyn Nets, the Raps. Yeah, play, as you said, who are Brooklyn chasing them? Yeah, right. And so these close. are these are big big games here, and it's uh, it's not looking good. And they have a slim margin when they even are healthy. Really, the yeah. truth is with this Raptors team, and now you got these injuries to their guys. It's not looking good. Uh, what about you, Tass? Who you got for uh, a loser of the weekend? Well, I'm gonna say it's us, huh? Yes, because uh, we were thinking about going to Philadelphia. The Brooklyn Nets would be venturing into Philadelphia their first game on March 10th after the huge trade. But I don't think we're going Mm. because Shams Sharani of The Athletic reported this weekend that Nets star Ben Simmons, I'll quote Shams here, Nets star Ben Simmons is dealing with back soreness in reconditioning process that requires further strengthening of the area over a period of time before return to action. I said all those words because I wanted to quote Shams. Really, what this is saying is, sore back, not returning anytime soon. And I think he's going to need a few games under his belt. He's going to want a few games under his belt before playing the Sixers again on March 10th. i got to believe that. And he's just going to want to be on the court for a couple games. If you look at the schedule here, 
They have, as we said, two games against the Raptors mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, as we record here today and tomorrow. Obviously not playing in those games. Thursday against the Heat, not playing in that game. Because he's, he's, if, he's, if he's injured and he has back soreness, the first game I think he could return for could be Sunday, but I don't think that's even happening. And then there's only one game before the Sixers game which is Tuesday. So I just highly doubt he's playing, and I highly doubt No Dunks is taking their business trip to go see uh, Ben Simmons play against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for the first time because I don't think he is playing. And And I would add to that that I highly doubt he has a back injury. Interesting. I mean, but what about just not having played for a year and a half and you go run? You know, in, wasn't in he supposed printing? to be working out six days a week yeah, and come getting himself ready? I, 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 you know, you talk about these games. There's only 21 regular season games to go. There's not that much time for him. He's going to miss, by the sounds of it, here a minimum of 10 of these, which gives him potentially 10 to get back and then the playoffs. So I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he, we actually don't even see him. The the, the well, real question I think well, I heard that uh, would be wild. It if would ben be, Simmons but if he's listen, play. I don't know about the back injury. Maybe it's legit. Maybe it's not. But if he's still weeks away from just... He hasn't been doing five on five. I thought we heard that last week from Steve Nash. So you figure he's got to get over the injury first, then he's got to get to a position where he's doing five on five, and then they've got to get him in. There might only be, by that point, four or five games of the regular season. Do you want to bring him in and then bring him to the playoffs? Maybe. I'm not sure, though. I think an interesting question. Let's say, let's just say, hypothetically, that he is healthy and you know he is good to go and play basketball because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's been off for a while. He's very fresh, actually. Would it be smart for the Nets organization to rip the Band-Aid off and have him play in Philadelphia, not only so you guys can make the trip there and really enjoy the game, give us some great content, um, or, in fact, no, you do you avoid that game like the plague. You know, he has the mental issue, the mental hurdle that he has to get over uh, with the Philadelphia crowd and all that. We know that would be a, a thing that would happen there, but you actually don't bring him back for that game. And yeah, maybe you play him in the, you see them in the playoffs, and you got to cross that bridge when you cross that bridge. But you don't do that because I think that's an interesting debate. If, if again, that's what's really going on here, Trey. Do you just say, hey, at some point, man, you're gonna have to do it, so just do it now on March 10th? Or, no, what we don't want to do that. We don't want to like, you know, add a wrench to this plan of even getting them back here. What do you think? I think Ben Simmons didn't want to play in front of the Philly fans when he played for Philly, so I think it's highly unlikely they will start him his first game in Philadelphia as an appointment uh, as an opponent. I thought the second Shams update was also very interesting. He says it's uncertain whether the three-time All-Star will clear return to play hurdles for the Nets March 10 yeah. return trip to Philadelphia. Mm. That to me is the Nets kind of like setting the stage. He's going to miss this game. Yes. We're even putting a date out there. We don't know if he's going to be back. Yes. And honestly, it's probably the smart decision. They should go as slow as they possibly can. Just say, hey, watch what James Johnson is doing. Watch what Bruce Brown is doing. That's all we need from you this season. We'll build you up next year to be a full part of this team. You're going to be a role player this year and see what he can actually give them. Because I went on a date with my wife on Friday night. Started talking about this potential trip. And then I explained like everything that's happened with Ben Simmons since the playoffs last year. Wow. I mean, we were on a date for like an hour and a half, and we talked about Ben Simmons for a while. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal. But the tacos were great. Uh, but yeah, it just seems unlikely that they're going to be like, yeah, you're healthy. I, I agree. He hasn't played in the NBA for a long time, so he certainly needs to get his conditioning up to up to snuff, and it probably isn't, but he probably could get there in time yeah. if he really oh, wanted to, but which is a- it ain't going to happen. He's yeah. going to come back against the Knicks. It's a home game. That's an easy game. 
Yep. Play against the Knicks. You're going to look good. Yeah, and and then it's you know 14 or 15 games that they have left. And That's yeah, enough. Uh, yeah, it's enough for Does them. This, I okay, think. hold on. Does this not worry you though? Yep. I mean, yep. at some point you're going to have to play Philadelphia, probably. Maybe in the playoffs. <laughs> maybe. maybe not this year though. <laughs> oh, well, but but maybe they do. Yeah. It's a possibility that they would match up in a in a first round playoff series, maybe a second round series. So my point is like, you're gonna let's say you're gonna play them. Would you rather this happen in a in a playoff game, where you got to face the Boo Birds? And you got to face the music a little bit, or we just do it now and sort of get it over with, and then get on with the rest of the season, get your reps in, and then the playoffs are the playoffs. I, I mean, that, I, that's an interesting question to me, and I, I can I can be convinced both ways that no, don't do that because the guy hasn't even played with this team really yet, or yeah, do it because you are a basketball player. You're gonna get booed in Philly. Take it on the chin and let's go, and like and then let's go shut them up and let's go try and win a championship. I mean. Which one do you side on? It sounds like you side with these guys. I'm like, oh, maybe don't play. (laughs) (laughs) He's not ready to play. Shams, and and it's not leaked to Shams uh, over this weekend in the, about the future here, about 12 days in the future because he's anywhere close ready to play. He just is not ready to play. These two tweets, the, the, the follow-up tweet there from Trey, the Trey mentioned there, it's it's an indicator that there ain't any chance he's playing on March 10th. Oh, I, I agree with you guys. Zero because chance. they're adding the back injury into this. You could have just went with the reconditioning, but yeah. then people would have been said, what do you mean? March 10th is still <laughs> you know, a week and a half away. I know. Just so you're, you can get your conditioning up, but they add that back part. And then you're right. They're even talking about the date. They double you know, down, baby. sources are. He retweeted like, his he's own not tweet. not coming back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's zero chance. That's the unfortunate part is that he's just not ready to play. And yes, he's a basketball player. When is it going to happen? That's the thing. Like the trade happened three weeks ago. He said he was staying fit and healthy and working out. So why isn't he playing? It's an unprecedented situation. Like James Harden, he was also out, but he's back and he's been looking great. I mean, and and I don't want to quit. I don't know about the back injury. Who knows if it's real or not? And maybe it is part of the reconditioning. But if you were keeping yourself in great physical shape and it's been three weeks and now you're sort of behind schedule, what was he doing it? Mm-hmm. That's the question. I, I'm. I, I mean, he obviously wasn't keeping himself ready. If a little bit of conditioning work has gotten him an injured back already, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like he was like lifting. But people and, saying he has the back injury because he hasn't been playing basketball. Yeah, but he said he was keeping himself. In <laughs> I know, man. I'm so with <laughs> it's 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 weird. He's ducking the game. That's right. Well, it's that, like we don't need to like pussyfoot around yeah, this. That's, that's what he's thing. doing. And, and that's a little alarming, maybe. It is because I, I thought the opposite was going to happen, and we had this debate. <clears> I remember before yeah. the trade, I said, "No, he's going to get traded, and then he's going to go." You know what? You don't think you, you you threw me under the bus after I didn't take a shot yeah. because I didn't do this in the playoffs? Well, f you, watch this. I thought he was going to take that approach, yeah. and you, it appears rightfully, were saying, "I don't know if he's wired that I way." I just don't know how he says to Kevin Durant, "Yeah, I, I'm not playing in Philadelphia." And Kevin Durant's like, "That's what I'm saying." I know. Hey, I went. I was called cupcake. People dressing up as cupcakes when I went back to OKC, and I left as a free agent after taking yeah. them to the finals. Yeah, you so, know, Kyrie Irving, he's played in hostile environments where he's left teams. I mean, you can't just not play because you're like, I just don't want to well, play that game. Kyrie actually <laughs> dodged a lot of those games too. Yeah, but he when who? He, didn't he, play. Do, he dodged a lot of Cleveland games yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, he play, was always he, not playing. Remember? But he's playing. Yeah, but he's playing there I now. Sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean. But anyway, look, your first game, you can't just be like, no thanks. Yeah, I, that's yeah. I think the weird. reason why you, you thought that he would come out and play against the Sixers is because this is the first time I th- I think you can ever point to a situation like this 
I mean, I just don't think this has happened before. Right. So usually, a basketball player, yeah, under contract to play, plays. I mean, not, not <laughs> usually. percent of the time. That's why you expected him. After he was dealt, he got what he wanted to be on the court. 100%. And the whole, will he play if Kevin Durant plays, I think is another factor. He sure seemed like... According to reports, if KD was out there, that he was going to play. Now And now KD is going to return. <laughs> I, I mentioned the games. Yeah, unlikely, you know, today or tomorrow. Uh, but, yes, Thursday or Sunday. So if he was tied to him then, uh, then he could play and have plenty of time to, you know, be at uh, close to 100% mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the Philadelphia game. So that's surprising to me. If KD comes back and Ben still isn't ready to play, I mean, that just speaks to everything that's going on with Ben Simmons. Because it's an unprecedented situation. You know, it's the mental health issues. There's a lot uh, that we don't know about, obviously, that that he's dealing with because this has not been seen in the NBA before. This is just it's one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, a couple other just mini losers of the weekend. Uh, I got to do it. I got to give it to the Hornets because they're now 0-6 in overtime games this season because huh. they lost to a Kelly Olenek uh, fadeaway oh, baseline jumper <laughs> brutal. Uh, in overtime at the buzzer as the Pistons beat them 127-126. I mean, these, these are six losses. Even if you win three of these, you mm. split your overtime uh, games here. You know, you're feeling a lot better about your playing chances and getting in the playoff picture and all that. I know they're still there and they could still make it, but man, this is... This is bad. These are just bad, bad losses, and it keeps happening. Um, just so sorry, Charlotte fans, got to do it to you. And then, just I'll slip this in here. We don't need to do ten minutes on it. But Charles Oakley, <laughs> Charles Oakley, <laughs> telling the world. I mean, here's the post headline. Uh, Charles Oakley, Giannis would have been a bench player when I played. And he said this on a podcast, and I don't know if he's got a book coming out or something like that. But it's like. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't, well, listen, Giannis, I don't think this is true. Giannis was only born in 1992. What? Two? Oh, you're saying he's yeah. taking it very literally. Right, he, he would have been three years old when he was playing. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's just a baby. So, yeah. yeah, you're not starting a three-year-old, I wouldn't think, in the uh, NBA. Right. <laughs> Maybe. At least coming off the bench. Maybe, yeah. He said, full quote here, this is what Oakley 94, said. 94, 94. Uh, 94, so, phew, yeah. Uh, again, this is Oakley talking about Giannis. He wouldn't have been a force back in the day. He would have struggled. They would make him shoot jump shots. <laughs> he wouldn't be doing a Euro step to the basket. Somebody's going to knock his head off. He'd come off the bench back in the day. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I know this happens all the time. The old, the oldies, the old farts say, oh, back in my day, you wouldn't have been able to get away with this. But it is weird that, like, of all the guys you're going to pick, you're going to pick Giannis, the guy that plays... Some of the most physical basketball, I would think. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. Like in today's game, I think he would have fit in just fine. <laughs> wait, the wait. one guy he's compared to all the time is Young Shaq, who made the top 50 players of all time after four seasons. I don't seasons. get this. What, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Giannis, I guess, defensive player that he is. So maybe Charles Oak thinks he's not a good offensive player. But he's got two MVPs, a championship, finals MP, 50 points in game seven. What did he shoot? 17 for 19 from the free throw line? I think Giannis would be okay if Charles Oakley was matching up on him. Honestly. I think so, too. Honestly. yeah, I know Charles is a physical guy. He's got a reputation being a tough guy. Giannis would just yeah. do that gigantic step around him and just lay it up. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have done that. He would have got oh, his, right. he yeah. done knock blocked yeah. off. I do like the idea. He's like, he wouldn't have done the Euro step because it hadn't been invented yet. He would have no moves. Anyway. I'll throw in a quick mini loser for sure. you, Skeets. One of my favorite lines of the year, Jalen Suggs. Six fouls and six turnovers in 15 minutes. He made one shot from the field. 
and it was a oop off the glass to himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. Three points, one of five shooting, went one for two from the line, six fouls, six turnovers, and still threw an oop to how himself. Did, did Ricky Davis ever do that even? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's a, a very great question. Ricky Davis-like line and move there, maybe, yeah. Yeah, a few players have filed out faster. Mm. Um as starters, then 15 minutes. Right. That was pretty close. I think he was the third fastest foul out for I a think starter. White's up there with uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and so to go back to this, uh, Simmons maybe playing March 10th. You guys are not going to, uh, to Philadelphia? Still questionable. Questionable. What happens if he says, you know what, I'm fine. The back's good. I'm going. Oh, man. What a, yeah. what a middle finger to you guys. Well, I'm ready. If he does, <laughs> if you're like, okay, by all reports, he's not going to play. And then like... 24 hours before the game. Eight hours before the game. I'm ready. I'm playing. I've got You're my six starter jacket ready. I pulled that out of the closet. <laughs> I've got my, nice. the answer. Pa- already packed? I've got my, the answer. Uh, <laughs> we may not go to. The, the, the answer sweatband ready to go. Oh, yeah. I'm going. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you flying in that old girlfriend uh, into the game? Uh, get no, on, I don't uh, think get on so. the broadcast? So. Oh, okay. oh, that would be a great surprise. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I've uh, got my uh, Alan Iverson shoes as well, ready to go. Oh, I've got nice. full sixer for that game. <laughs> I don't think he's playing. <laughs> That's why I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so bummed. When no, I'm an Iverson. He'll oh, <laughs> probably be there, though. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's take our final break. When yeah. we come back, uh, pick them results. Really, for the month of February, that's a wrap, and uh, we'll get to Tweet of the Night. JD. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lily, what do you got? Now? Yeah. Monday uh, tweet. You know, you've got the whole weekend to find a good one. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks to you, actually, Skeetsy, because you gave me the uh, the tip for this one. Uh, came in from uh, Alexis Morgan, who uh, tweeted about this. Uh, <laughs> she said, this is the most out-of-pocket thing I've ever read, Shaq, at Shaq. Because Shaq apparently, uh, according to Gary Payton, 
He used to use the bathroom in bucket and pour it on rookies. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> that's absolutely disgusting. There's no way that happened. And and that's the thing. I actually I mean you you couldn't do that. So he had a- <laughs> <laughs> why hold on. Why couldn't you do Someone that? Someone would just say like that's like stepping over the line, you know. That's Shaq. You're a rookie. Yeah. It was in, it was the nineties, man. Yeah. It was a different well, time. Yeah. You could take a take a piss in a bucket and pour it on someone. Yeah, you know? everybody's oh don't do that. Can't have a good LARP anymore. Well so, I mean, you know, it's would you like that as No someone? God it'd be horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Well it was a bucket for a week. Like he kept there the bucket for a week. And oh, if I was God. reading the story oh, correctly. Oh, yeah, that's somehow worse. I don't of know. Of course why. it's worse. Yeah. That's not worse. It's not nah. what? It's better to have one. Like, well, is this a like bucket a week, full of Sir Foster? Uh, oh, I'm guessing, yeah. yeah. Is this piss? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a week okay, full of extra. Just oh, yeah. wanted to make sure. You think it's no feces? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. This is this is a piss bucket from Shaq. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean that's a little. Oh, God, that's horrible. See, for me, it's like <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> one drop of Shaq piss. Uh-huh. No different than a million drops of Shaq piss. Right. Any of it's bad. Okay. So on, I'd rather be soaked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go ahead and clip that, JD. Yeah. I don't want to not know. just wants to wash his clothes often. That's all. He yeah, does. wash them. Wash up. They get softer. <laughs> I'm, did you read the story? You read the whole story or heard the whole Gary Payton story? No. Uh, oh. No, I saw, I, I saw it. I thought it was Shaq had a bucket there for a week and just use it as his collector for everything that came out of his body and then poured it on somebody. That's what I thought <laughs> yeah. Gary Payton was insinuating. But, you know, these 90s stories, they... Yeah. Here, here's okay. here's and, my and hold best on, Hold on. This, okay. is, this is the 2000s. This is when Gary Payton was his teammate. That's a good point. Right. 2000. He was only a teammate in the 2000s. Yeah, right, right. True. Later. Later <laughs> in Shaq's true. career when things were a little more... <laughs> I don't know. People are starting to, like, get a little more serious about people throwing piss on each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can sometimes get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Trey's, Trey's only urine makes a little more sense. Oh, oh, I believe... If you're trying to make oh, yeah, sense I mean, of this stupid story. Yeah, I think the bucket was in the shower. Yeah. I think that's where the Sir Fosters were happening. <laughs> yeah. And then I think when the rookie came into the shower, yeah, I think it happened yeah. in a shower area. <laughs> Got, yeah. Gotcha. And then, you know, that's gross. What was that? Oh, that was my piss. Yeah. That's okay, because then you're washing it straight off. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's cool now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's not, like, highly unbelievable. We worked with... You know, we were around. <laughs> I do have a story you have, but you're not no, never no. shared with us. We worked around Shaq. <laughs> his clothes, hours. his clothes would just be hanging out. You know, he would he would finish. We we worked on every day. We'd come in in the mornings. He would work Thursday nights. Sometimes you'd come in, you'd oh, yeah. see Shaq clothes it's like a tornado. Around, yeah, he just down. like start peeling off. Like I get to the hookah bar. Yeah, yeah, it, like he was in the bas- like he was playing basketball. You know, the equipment manager will clean that yeah, up. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, that carried on to TNT at times. There's some clothes around, but no. There's, there's never no, a bucket. <laughs> no remnants of anything in TNT. Yeah, I, 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 I interpreted it as that was my collector for a week. You know, that, so <laughs> that was... You keep saying that like it's a normal thing. No, <laughs> this whole story is not normal. <laughs> this, is my, this is my piss and shit bucket. It's right there. So I've been there for a week. I'll yeah, clean it up I think, I think GP's exaggerating a little bit. Or a lot of it. So Gary Payton and Shaq, teammates on the Lakers, only one season. The rookies that year, Luke Walton, Ime Udoka, Brian Cook, and Maurice Carter. Those are the four guys wow, getting pissed thrown wow, on wow. One of them is an NBA coach, so I think somebody needs to yeah, follow up with follow Ime Udoka about this. 
And I'll add my second, um, little second thing here. A good thing about Shaq, <laughs> this is brought to mind uh, in the studio. If you ever walked out of a bathroom and Shaq was yeah. around, guaranteed you'd say, <laughs> you just take a shit? Yeah. You did, say, uh, you did uh, always yeah. say that. That's very he funny. always said yeah. that. That's very funny. It's something yeah. I do in my house now. I did come Girls out one it. time and there was this enormous shadow of a man leaning up against the wall. Did you just take a number one or number two? Yeah. Like, he did do that. Yeah. Right? I, luckily, I was only doing my makeup. You know, I had a few doodads, but uh, he was doing my make- I was doing my makeup so I, on my clothes. So I wasn't. I didn't want to check walk in after a nasty one in there. <laughs> <laughs> he would appreciate it. He oh, was yeah. uh, teammates though in uh, Miami with Peyton though too, weren't they? Ooh, I, yeah, later. I gotta go yeah. look it up. Yeah, yeah, later. I don't know. I, find rookies. Those rookies yeah. <laughs> I mean, Udoka would not accept that. He's, you know, he's got a he's a barrel chested man. I don't think he would take no no guff. Whether it's just urine or not. All right, not. Chris Quinn and Robert Height are the oh, other guys. I could see him doing that to Chris Quinn. He would get Chris Quinn. Oh, the Quinn. medicine man definitely oh, got some piss Poor Chris on Quinn. Him. Oh, piss Quinn? <laughs> or Pime Udoka? All right. Good tweet there, Lee. Sorry I said that to you. Um, pick them results from Friday night's game. We had that Mavs Jazz game, and if you remember, the line was pretty big. Utah was favored by six and a half at home, and uh, oh, God, Vegas, you know what's up, man. Jazz won. Didn't cover. No. Well, they won by five. Very close. Mm-hmm. That's a loss for me. It's a loss for Tass is what's really important here because that loss dropped Tass to four and ten in the month of February. Uh, I'm tied with Lee at ten and four, and then Trey seven and seven. There's only one game left here in the month of February. One night to pick games from tonight. So it's a wrap. You're not coming back, and yeah. Tass is losing again here. You're racking up these losses. It's incredible. Yeah, is that you? Th- you're three losses now, or three payoffs? Do you owe us? this year? Three of the five months so far this season. Hmm. I'm the loser, the big loser. Ouch. Okay, yeah. so if you've got a great idea, oh, I've got a bucket test. just here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get put it there for a week. Yeah, yeah. We'll do our business. And then we'll, you know. <laughs> Next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta, we gotta at least have a bucket on the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> full, <laughs> like, full of apple juice or something. Um. So, yeah, Tassel owes a bunch of payoffs. I still owe one, too. Uh, got something in mind. Maybe I'll even do it this week. But anyway, if you got an idea for Tass uh, to pay it off, tweet at us at NoDogSync. Leave it in the YouTube comments because uh, he owes a lot of these, man. They're, they're, we're piling them up. Keeping the buckets out of this studio. That's the plan. No buckets well, around. Well, we use a bucket just do it on the fly. Maybe one of them. <laughs> hundred times worse. Do it on the fly. <laughs> hey, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to create, you know? <laughs> Come here. I'll just pee on your leg real quick. We'll call it a payoff. Uh, yeah. Well, I got I mean, two boys in the house that'd probably do that anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting here for three hours on Saturday night's All-Star game. We could have had catheters here just, <laughs> just collecting. <laughs> We all got up at one point. We, we did. We broke yeah. the seal. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't use a bucket. Um, <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunks.theathletic.com. Keep them coming. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And if you want some nodunks merch, go over to nodunks.com. All right. That was a fun, long Monday episode here. We're here all week in the Classic Factory, so we'll see you guys tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Might have a Top Shot Hoff Boys coming for you later today, too, if you're into that. Till then, though, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I got nothing. I'm just thinking Talk. about I'm just thinking about Shaq and buckets. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> How big is the bucket? Dude? Right? The big bucket. <laughs>
<laughs> Put in a basketball reference, the big bucket from Shaq's new nickname. Brace the day, people. 